Hi there and good day. Welcome to North Bay's Heritage Diary. Listen up and we shall weave for you tales of days and times gone by, which can inform today and show the way to tomorrow. This Municipal Heritage Committee podcast looks at our town, our people, and our stories. This time we open the diary of our shared voices from the past for a conversation with the late Bob Barton, North Bay City Clerk for 29 years. The city clerk is the voice of reason and authority in local governance, and Barton was known for his rapid-fire delivery of items. This was originally recorded in 2002 as part of the Kojiko Cable series Life Is. In it, Bob Barton talks about various issues and people. Please excuse any dated references. When did you start working for the city, Bob? Well, I started in 1963, in July of 1963, and worked in, was then known as the Welfare Department, the Social Services Department. Worked there for two years, and then went into the Clerk's Department in August of 1965, and was in the Clerk's Department from August 1965 until I retired in uh, December of 1994. You never worked for the ONR, right? Yes, I worked there 10 years. Started to work for the ONR in 1953, and left there in 1963, and came with the city, so... What possessed you to decide you wanted to work for the municipalities? Well, at the time, it looked like it was to my interest to work for the municipality. It looked like a better job than what I had at the ONR, although I wasn't dissatisfied. But I suppose one is always looking to further one's career, at least uh, at at that time I was. And uh, it looked like this was a good place to go. Was it? it? Yes, it was. The city turned out to be a great employer. The working conditions were great, uh, certainly greater in in later years than they were in the first few years Mm -hmm. I worked once we got the new town hall. Uh, But yes, in general, the the city was and hopefully still is a good employer. What was your training? Mostly on the job because I left high school in uh, in grade 12 and, and started to work. I was one of these people that was anxious to get out of school, which later I found was, uh, Mm -hmm. if I had to do it all over again, as many of us would, uh, we wouldn't do the same things the same way, Uh, and started to work at uh, Ontario Northland because the railways were big employers in those days, always looking for people. In those days, in the 1950s, you virtually had a choice of go to any of the three railways that were then in town. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what it's like now. I was anxious to get to work, and that's what I did. Okay, you you appointed city clerk. What got you the job? What particular skill (laughs) did you need at the time to get the job? A warm body? Well, because it's an important job. I mean, I I, I made the comment one time about, you know, some some media person asked me what they needed for a particular role in the council, and I made some comment uh, that, uh, you know, you had to be warm or alive. And one person told me that uh, the defeated members of council would be wondering how they didn't qualify. To answer your question specifically, I, I, I suppose my experience, and uh, I like to think that uh, I was recognized as someone that, that could fill a role beyond what I was doing and at the time and was appointed as city clerk and hope I proved myself that, uh, that I could do that. Was it details? Are you a good detail person? Yes. Yes, I am. Is that uh, necessary? Yeah, in some cases, uh, memory is another thing uh, that helps uh, not only in that job, but I suspect any job. Ability to be able to, uh, I suppose, communicate with people, the ability to be able to, I suppose, get along somewhat with people, although Mm -hmm. I suppose like in any position or that you deal with a a goodly number of people, uh, you get along 
better with some than you do others. Not to say that, that all are not your friends, but uh, I suspect that uh, the relationship is different with, like in any, in, any, in any organization, the relationship is different with some than in others. Did the job grow with you? I think so. Thought about that uh, from time to time, and you know, you know, you have job descriptions, you have particular functions that that uh, are your responsibilities. But uh, somehow or another, it's uh, the informal part of the job that also uh, plays a large role in uh, in how one matures in a particular role or function. And uh, I like to think that uh, the job did grow with me. Uh, I'm told, although I don't know any details, but I'm told it's changed. Uh, which is natural. Uh, any anyone uh, that uh, has uh, new people in the job, it would it would change. I've never asked how it's changed because my interest now is not the same as it was right. uh, when I worked there. The relationship, uh, as far as you could see it, between yourself as a city clerk and uh, and and they were called aldermen at yes, the time. Alderman, they, yes, They had a big yes. hassle over changing that to councilors too, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They, they didn't like the, I suppose, the generic reference with man at the end of alderman. Counselor is a more definitive position than alderman, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You used the term get along with. Uh, did you develop relationships with some of them? Uh, yes, uh, I did. You develop relationships with all of them because you're close to them. You see them on a regular basis, not only Monday nights, but uh, at times when they come into the office to ask questions or to look at various files or issues or whatever, uh, you see them then, and, and relationships do develop. I, I think that relationships can't help but develop when you're close to people over a number of years. And there were, there were members of council and heads of council that were around for a long time. Mm -hmm. You think of uh, the late Mr. Dickerson, uh, Jack Smiley's another one. Uh, Jack Smiley and I became good friends and are still good friends. Uh, he was on the council a long time. Dick Donnelly. Uh, Dick Donnelly was mayor for a time. Could never get himself elected as mayor, but uh, was appointed as mayor and was on a member of council for a long time. And mm -hmm. uh, Dick Donnelly and I were uh, were good friends, and I was happy about that. Uh, and uh, essentially, though, most members of council were friends of mine. Uh, that that seems to set some apart from others. I don't mean to do that. You know, you, you build relationships over mm -hmm. the years, and as I said, it's it's difficult not to do that kind of thing. And you you lived across the road from from Dick. For a well, while. yes, and later that's later, right. Later, we bought yeah. a house. Yeah, that was purely by accident. Yes, uh, but you had a Parsons. very you had a very good relationship with him. Yes, I did. He was a very tough guy. I mean, he, was. he had very strong views. Very strong views. Very tough guy, as you as you put it. Very fair person. I heard the opposite mm -hmm. of that too. Well, I suppose anyone in in a position like of authority and power to some extent in, in a, you know, a decision maker that affects the lives of the citizens. There were times when decisions were made that all the citizens didn't agree with. Mm -hmm. And I think of a couple issues like rink rates and door closing bylaw, which was a long time ago, which is ancient history. Uh, trucker rates, uh, the snowplow uh, trucker rates. There were heated issues because they affected the lives of the people. The, the decisions that the council made had a direct effect, like I'm sure that you have found out mm -hmm. the decisions that you make have a direct effect on the everyday life of a citizen. And people react and react differently. And sometimes with a bit of hostility to the decisions that the council makes. Oh yeah, tell me about it. Yes. Working on an administration side, I'm still sticking with Donnelly. Donnelly was the power on council is again what I've been told. Yes, 
know, he was in a position of influence. He was the chairman of the general government for most of the time that he was on council. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the chairman of the general government is like now, but then it was a very influential position. The major decisions of the council, other than public works, were the responsibilities of the general government committee, primarily the budget. How much more of a major decision can you get than the budget, a, a, a piece of paper that sets the tax rate, that tells the people how much money they're going to give the, the, the municipality each year? So by the virtue of the position, it became very influential. The other thing, Mr. Donnelly, I suppose, was not held in the same esteem by all of the members of council. But I can say this, that all of the members of council respected his view. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can respect someone and respect the view and still, you know, not uh, not Absolutely. be willing to invite him for dinner kind of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Know? That's and, what and, it's all about. Right? And, and that's what it's all about. You know, with the structure of the council, which is, as people have said from time to time, you know, council is responsible for everything and really is not responsible for anything. That's individual members of council because you need a, you need a collective vote. You need six votes. You yes. need a majority to... Mm -hmm for it to pass. So you've got to persuade five other members of council that your view is the one that will benefit most of the citizens. Keep in mind, as you said, Dick Donnelly. And Dick Donnelly was very persuasive. I mean, his profession led him to be very persuasive. Yeah. He was a well-known criminal right. attorney in North Bay. People were critical of Dick until someone needed some help. Not only help in the courts, but other kinds of help, financial help, for instance. Uh, Oh, Dick, uh, as you say, you've heard the opposite, but, uh, you know, a very kind man. And he, he... He had a very strong use of the language, and it was... Very strong very use cutting. of the language, yes. A very strong use of the language. As I say, as a result, very persuasive. But on the other side, very fair to the citizens. The people that came to the council to make presentations to the council got a fair shake. Now, the, now he may not have agreed with what they said, or the position they were taking on a, on a particular issue, but they had their day. They were able to address the council without notice. I mean, they could, as they say in legal terms, ambush the council, come yep. up without prior knowledge that uh, someone, you know, could not go to the staff and say, well, what about this, and get, the, get, a, get a point of view before the citizen came. The citizen could come and present without notice, and um, you know, was given a, a fair shake at the meetings. Merle Dickerson. Yes. Perhaps the most colorful in single individual in North Bay politics, I would Well, think. since I was there, he certainly was. The earlier years that I was there, the, the later years, like, like a lot of us, Peter, uh, you know, present company accepted uh, with you, but uh, with me, you slow down after a while. And, oh. and uh, he slowed down a lot uh, in the later years. But certainly, when I was first going to the council meetings, he was a colorful guy. And from our perspective, I say our, I'm talking about the staff, and I don't want to include everyone, but from most of the staff, uh, a person that was well-liked amongst the staff people. Really? Yes. He had a, as a former mayor put, and these aren't my words, these are his words, a very disarming personality, and he had that. He could sit in amongst a group of people and communicate with virtually anyone, whether it be a, a citizen in North Bay or whether it be an investment dealer out of Toronto. Uh, Mr. Dickerson was able to communicate, and communicate well. Now, oh, that's twice you've called him Mr. Dickerson. Particular reason for that? Well, I suppose I recognize the position that he held. I mean, a position of, uh, uh, that he was elected, uh, held in very high esteem, I would think, by the electorate, because you recall he was turfed out of office by the courts, 
couldn't run for one term, came back and ran and was successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always, I, I don't know whether it's, it's just the person. Some people you call by their given names. I, I, mm-hmm. I certainly called him by his given name in the office when mm-hmm. he came into the coffee room or when he came into you to talk to you on a one-on-one basis. But, you know, you mentioned that when I think about it, I've always referred to him as Mr. Dickerson uh, publicly when I've talked to other people about, about the mayor. They say part of his success is better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. Oh, I've heard that expression before, yes. Mind you, I guess in the early years, you know, I've been around North Bay a long time. You read about things that happened, about the, and these are matters of public record. I mean, he's bypassing the hydrometers for his homes on McLeod Street and the, the dismissal of the then manager of the hydro, Mr., I believe his name was Walkinshaw before my time with the city, but I remember reading about things like that and the property deals. I remember you know, talking about that, Mr. Dickerson, this just came to mind now. Mr. Dickerson mentioned to me one time, just in the course of conversation, that he said to me that if I had to do it all over again, he said I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> but he said, now I'm not, he said. I guess the point he was making is the way he did things because there was always a... I suppose the the Dickerson way of doing things versus the other way of doing things, and I, I suspect there are a lot of people who are a lot more competent than I am to talk about the way he did things. The, the only he, thing I can talk about is what I've read in the in the media and things that are a public record. When I got here, he was the mayor, and he was the mayor when a lot of people got yeah, here. <laughs> he, but he, at the time, I mean, you, you might not know anything about North Bay or anything, but you might have heard of Merle Dickerson. I'm sure. And there were more conventions and conferences and meetings here in North Bay for a period of about 10 or 15 years than there have been since, really. He did a lot of work that way. Yes, he did. And uh, you know, one of the, uh, just talking about meetings and conferences, one of the standing jokes around the town hall was uh, that uh, whenever there was a conference that Mr. Dickerson had to go to, he'd have to go two or three days earlier than everyone else because he was on the executive. At least the, this is what uh, he mm-hmm. used to tell us. That okay. We just take that as... That's just the natural thing to say. That's Merle. Uh, without being critical of what he said. Morley Dater was your boss through yes, all, most of the time period or through all of it? or <clears throat> No, I, I guess just the latter years. Uh, uh, Chad Armstrong uh, okay. was all my right. boss for most of the time that I was there. Morley uh, Dater was appointed administrator in the, our uh, latter years with the municipality. Uh, Morley uh, has now uh, gone on, I'm told, running a condominium in, uh, in Toronto. He's the chairman of the condominium board in which he resides in Toronto. Uh, what was your relationship with, with him? Well, it was a great relationship. It was great professionally and great personally. Morley and I are great friends, and we were great friends when he worked for the municipality. Was that a help or a hindrance? Well, I suppose, like anything, it's arguable whether that was a help or a hindrance. I like to think it was a help because I choose to argue that way. But I realize there's an argument on the other side that couldn't be a a good thing because and all the reasons. But I found that that was a good thing. Morley uh, was objective in his, uh, at least I always found, in his uh, decision-making process with with employees. And because you were friends, didn't mean that you were looked upon more favorably than someone else. And uh, he was respected for that. I think it's safe to say that people that worked for Morley thought Morley was a good administrator. You didn't hear people bad-mouthing Morley Dater. But uh, yes, he, 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 he did a fine job. And as I say, he and I are great friends. We still communicate 
once a year. I send him a letter at Christmas time telling him about, I suppose, the things people our age are interested in who died during the year and mm -hmm. uh, what, not so much what happened at the council because I think other people tell him that. And I must admit, not as much interest as probably I should have in the council because I've been out of it now for over seven years. and Been there, done that. Yes, that's right. And I have other interests now. Now, mind you, not a great number of them, but I have other interests. <laughs> what was the most exciting time for you from 1966 to 1994, would you say? Well, I suppose you're talking about job-related excitement, of course. The issues that, that the council dealt with over the years and public affairs at the local level. Uh, some were divisive, some weren't. I think of divisive issues such as the uh, uh, just after annexation, the council got into a really quite an acrimonious discussion and quite a divisive issue in the municipality over store closing. Now, one might think nowadays store closing, well, why was that an issue? Well, mm -hmm. at the time, the province saw fit to give municipalities uh, uh, permissive legislation to as some of the members of council said, close up the stores. And uh, at annexation, the part of the condition of the board, the municipal board order at the time, was that the bylaws of the existing municipalities would remain in effect until changed by the new council. Well, I think that the city of North Bay, the then city of North Bay, as it was known before 1968, had a store closing bylaw. I think either that or everyone agreed that we'd close up the stores at a certain hour. But I think there was a store closing bylaw. The council decided that it was a good thing to extend that to the what were known then as the, the, the townships of Woodfield and, and West Ferris. The citizens, there were there were junior department stores. There was the, the Kmart store, Kresge's or whatever it was, down in the North Bay Mall, and there was a Zeller's store down in Ferris as well, and grocery stores outside of the boundary of the, mm -hmm. the city before 1967, or 68 rather. And the council was going to pass a bylaw to close the stores at certain hours, and the citizens just absolutely were opposed to it, came to the council and expressed those opinions of those in, in opposition to the store closing, and, and eventually they, the stores did close up, the, the, those junior department stores did close to show the council what effect it would have, and as a result, all the employees came to the council meeting and said to the council, look at you're affecting our livelihood because mm -hmm. our salaries mm -hmm. have been reduced. The other issue, Peter, is one that you people have dealt with not very long ago, is the snow machine bill, or snowmobile, or whatever they call those. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, at that time, and indeed, I was uh, one of the people that owned a snow machine. At that time, Margaret and I had, as a matter of fact, we had two of them. And the snow machines were allowed to run all over the streets, which we thought was a great thing because mm -hmm. at that time we lived in Alexander Road and we could just go down to the end of the street and off into the bush and, uh, and uh, where there was no bush, you know, you could run on the road to get access to one. And we thought that was a great thing. Well, uh, one of the members of the council was driving home one night and uh, someone on a snowmobile went across in front of him. That was the late Jack Trussler. And he came back to the council and said, we've got to do something about this. And the council did. They did something about it. And you know, that was a divisive issue in the town because the people thought that they should be allowed to, they run, should be allowed yeah. to run in the streets. Yes. Uh, that has since changed, I think. But, uh, it has changed and it's coming back a little bit, but it's being in it's a different a plan, form. It's a planned, uh, yes, a planned right. business. Yeah, and the other issue, of divisive issues, of course, were, and it wasn't so divisive amongst the citizens, it was divisive amongst the council, was the expansion of the Northgate. North yeah. yeah, with the two department stores that were going to go into Northgate at the time. 
you know, the Sears and the Eatons. You know what happened to that? I mean, the new council was elected in 1980. Absolutely, the first action they did was pass a resolution to send the deposit check of $250,000 back to Cadillac Fairview that Cadillac Fairview had sent to council to redevelop the downtown with a Hudson Space Store as the as the anchor of the downtown. And they sent the check back to and started this business of the expansion of at Northgate was Sears and uh, Sears and Eaton's. Very divisive issue amongst the council. Not that amongst the citizens because the citizens... That was crucial too, wasn't it, when you come right back the way you just expressed it. Very crucial to the, to the downtown. Oh! Ultimately. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you saw what happened for years. I mean, it was, what, 20 years before we got a major department store. And that, uh, you know, we had the junior department stores like Zeller's and Kmart. But uh, 20 years almost before we got a major department store, and that was Sears, and that just came here in the last yeah, year. Yeah. You were also chief returning officer, I understand. Yes, returning officer, yes, uh, responsible for the conduct of the municipal elections. Yes. Just municipal elections? You didn't do any provincial? Or no, uh, just municipal elections. No, I, we had enough trouble running those. <laughs> I, I, uh, what do you think of the machines we've got? Oh, dear. Well, my experience with machines was not good. That's right, you had one. You, well, we did it twice. I didn't uh, mess it up well enough the first time. I <laughs> thought, well, we've got to give this another crack because uh, uh, we'll do it better the next time. Well, Peter, it was a bigger mess the second time than it was the first time. But I understand from Mrs. Harrison that things went well in the last yes. election. Mm -hmm. And that's good to hear. I must admit, had I been there, I would have resisted machines because how long can you do that kind of thing without being in real trouble? I mean, I did it twice. Mm -hmm and uh, managed to escape being in real trouble. But I would not have wanted to try it the third time. You worked with, what, a half dozen mayors over your Yes, period? I suppose it was a half a dozen, yes. Uh, each one individual? Each one individual, and each one brought his own individualism to the, to the council. Each one, uh, of course, being the head of council, had ways that uh, he, and I use the, the term he, there were no she's as mayor, thought that ways think that the things should be done, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, use what influence that person had to persuade the other members of council that his way was the way that should be done. Unfortunately, in our system, and this is a discussion for another time, we have a system where the mayor is popularly elected and uh, is the chief executive officer, but Peter has very little executive powers. That's nothing to do with the individual, but has very little executive powers. And in order to carry out what the mayor wants to carry out, he needs five other votes. Yeah, he's one vote out of eleven. He's one vote out of, you know, the, as I say, a discussion for a whole other time. But citizens have difficulty deciding who's in charge. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Do you miss all the hurly-burly of City Hall? You know, if you asked me that question on the street, I'd say no. But when we sit here and we start to talk about things like that, and I think about things like I've just put to you about the weak mayor system. Now, again, not the individual yeah, the position, right. the weak mayor system versus a strong mayor system. Yes, I do miss them because I have strong opinions on things like that and not so strong opinions on other things that I don't mind expressing and at times like to express. Mm -hmm. At times people don't agree with them and sometimes they don't like them, but I like doing it. And particularly now in this situation, when, uh, when I don't work for the municipality any longer, and my only connection with the municipality is being a ratepayer and a receiver of uh, uh, Ontario Municipal Employees Retirement System benefits, it's a great thing to be able to sit here and express opinions to you. Very good. And, 
Bob, many thanks for coming and talking with us. Oh, you're welcome. This edition of our Heritage Diary, Voices from the Past, with the late Bob Barton, was originally recorded in 2002 for the Kojiko Cable TV production, Life Is, and is rebroadcast in this format through the courtesy of Kojiko, your TV. Thank you for spending some time with us and listening to our stories. These productions are put together by the North Bay Municipal Heritage Committee, not only to retell old tales, but hopefully to kindle interest in area history. Local lore is important to any community, and we shouldn't let it go unremarked and unremembered. Views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Corporation of the City of North Bay or its employees. Join us next time when we flip another page of the Diary of Our Shared Past. You can reach us at peter.carello at cityofnorthbay.ca. Production, Casey Monkelbahn and Peter Carello. Pete Handley speaking.